Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Amen. All right, it's good to see every one of you. Let's pray. Let's get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Alright. Now, we... Can you hear me clearly? Alright. Now, we started uh, talking about sustaining your first love. Okay? And then we talked about... On Sunday was the Bible history class. How many of you remember everything I taught on Sunday? Okay, how many of you remember some things I talked on Sunday? Okay. Now, we have been able to establish the historical context of that later to the um, church in Ephesus. Okay? Now, I want us to go into the, go to Revelation chapter 2. Now, the reason you have the manual is so you can go over it again. Okay? Let me, let me explain something to you about your Christian walk. Don't just be um, someone who you're just reading the word for devotional purposes. Okay? Uh, reading the word for devotional purposes is okay, just to feed you. But try and have something in a particular time that you are studying. Okay, what study does is that it'll, it'll stretch your mind. It'll stretch what you are. I, I, I was very glad someone asked me a question, I think yesterday, and I was very glad about it. Uh, I, I think the question was from the book of Matthew, and the person asked me about the foundation that Jesus said the 12 disciples will sit with him in the 12th throne, you know, to rule. And um, so, and I said, okay, based on what you explained, you know, what would this mean? Uh, so I now, you know, but I like that conversation. The conversation actually means that you are now beginning to read the Bible. And when you come ac- across certain things, what you're doing is you're not putting those things in perspective. If this means this here, if this means that here, what will this mean? That is good because now you're reading the Bible independent of what you have heard for a long time. Praise God. And that, that's how you become a student of the word. Now, in Revelation chapter 2, it says to the angel of the church in Ephesus, right, so who did we say the angel was? What? The leader, the pastor, the leader of the church. Yeah, I'm going to teach something in Ghana about the church, and I was able to get a couple of scriptures together on that. I'll share that maybe Sunday. Um, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, and the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands, say this, I know your deeds, your toil and perseverance, and that you cannot tolerate evil men. Did you establish who these evil men were? Who were the evil men? Where the evil men? Evil what? Okay, now somebody who is very sure, let me know. What, were the, what was the evil man we established on Sunday? 
the deceivers. Now your confidence is going down now. Because you didn't go over your note. Yeah? So it's the deceivers. Okay? The deceivers are the evil men. And what was that deception about? The gospel. The truth. Praise God. Alright. Now it says, I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance that you cannot tolerate evil men. And you put to test those who call themselves apostles and they are not and they found them to be false. Now look at this now. He says, there are certain people who call themselves apostles and they are not. This is the greatest, this is the greatest issue we have in the body of Christ today. And you know what the greatest issue in the body of Christ is today? Is discernment. Because all you need to have today in the body of Christ is a bit of a miraculous ministry. Have some money to do some charitable works. And, you know, just do a few things. Have money, buy a big hall and do stuff. And nobody cares whether you're true or false. There is no sense of discernment because just any little thing will just make people believe that you're a man of God. But he says, you tested them out. You, they call themselves apostles, but you found them to be false. The Bible did not say Jesus found them to be false. It says the church found them to be false. How will the church found them to be false? They use the measuring standard of the word to know who a true apostle is. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Now, and, and, and you have persevered and have endured for my name's sake and have not grown weary. So you can actually grow weary in the Christian faith. We have to admit that. There are times you can get tired. There are times you can grow weary. But you have to press on. Glory to God. You know, we have some people, maybe single ladies who have been trusting the Lord for a husband for a while and trusting the Lord and trusting the Lord and trusting the Lord and holding on to the standards of righteousness. And then they get to a certain age and pressure begins to mount and then they cave in. What happened? They grew weary. They grew weary. You, you can have some ministers labor and labor and labor and over time they just get tired and then they move to what you call greener pastures. How many of you know that there are no greener pastures in ministries? There are only pastors where the Lord has sent you to. And if the Lord leads you there, it will be green. And even if it's not green, if the Lord leads you there, you stay there. A soldier does not choose his location. The master does. Glory to God. Come and I say glory to God. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap, we will reap if we faint not. So it means that someone can faint. To faint actually does not mean you are dying. It just means that you are fainting. It means you are out of breath. Alright. Okay. Now, it says, But I have this against you. So the Lord commends them. The Lord commends them, gives them a lot of commendation. But he says, you know what? I've got this against you. You have left your first love. You have left your first love. Okay? Now, the next verse is, Therefore, remember from where you have fallen, and repent. 
The word repent is the Greek word metanio. Don't ever forget that. The Greek word metanio, it means to change your mind or to change the way you think that will result in an action. Repent. Think differently about this subject. It says, Therefore remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds. Observe that. Do the deeds you did at first. Or else, Kenneth Higgins said, You don't want the Lord's else. You know, if your mother says, go and wash that plate, or else. You don't want what is after the else, right? It's not good. That's what the Lord said. He says, but I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen, and repent, and do the deeds you did at first. The word deeds is action. Action. Some of the things you were doing. Some of the action you had at first. Or else, I'm coming to you and we remove your lampstand out of his place unless you repent. And the Lord warned them. The Lord warned them about that. About their first love. We always have to check this. Now, I'll give you a historical concept, uh, concept to this and then we'll read a bit of the Bible. There was, there was a river in Ephesus called the Kaista River. C-A-Y-S-T-A-R. The Kaista River. Now, water, uh, you know, like as it is with our own river here, after a long time, the, 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 there's need to dredge the river for death. So they used to dredge it consistently. But after a while, they didn't dredge it anymore. And that river was, was now stuck with death. That was the concept with which the apostle was writing to them. To, to say that you need to constantly, then pay attention to this, you need to constantly dredge the river of your heart so that it's pure. Praise God. You need to. So you, you're, you, because you can justify a backsliding state. You can, you, can, you can tell yourself the reason to be backsliding. You can give yourself all the reasons not to be committed to God the way you were before. But the one question we need to ask ourselves, does the Lord accept that reason? Is that fine with God? How many of you think it's fine with God to go before the Lord and say, you know, Lord, I actually have three children now, so I cannot pray the way I was praying before I was single. How many of you think the Lord will say, well done, that good and faithful servant? How many of you think so? You don't think so? Hey, come on. Do you think so? You're not answering. Do you think the Lord is going to commend you for that? No. You know sometimes why husbands and wives quarrel after children come? How many of you know why? If you're married, if you know why you're not married, uh, I wonder how you know. You shouldn't know. But the married people, how many of you know one of the favorite one of the most common phrases that men say to their wife after was, now that this child has come, come on now, somebody's about to complete it. Come on, come on. Sister Dora has completed it. You no longer have my time. And what, 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 what do you think the man is saying? 
What, what, what is the letter he's writing to the church of his wife? <laughs> Come on now. What's the letter you think he's writing to the church of his wife? Thou hast forsaken thy first love. Repent. Or else. You and your child will go hungry. So, but you understand that the blessing of the Lord can be the reason why people forsake him. That's painful, but it's the truth. You, both of you got married, excited about the marriage relationship. Is the child a reward from the Lord? Yes or no? The child is a reward. But that reward can be the reason you forsake your first love if you don't take care. It's the same thing. You remember the Lord told them in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 that you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he that gives you power to get wealth. Why? Because wealth has the ability to make people forget God. Glory to God. Okay. So, it says repent. or I'll come. Now, let's read something in Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 2. Let's, let's look at the typical scenario there and uh, we'll build from there. Are you learning something tonight? Say amen if you are. Alright, Jeremiah 2, 2. Thank you, Lord. Are you there? It says, Now, no, Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 2. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Go and proclaim in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord. The Lord is speaking. I remember concerning you the devotion of your youth. The devotion of your youth. The love of your betrothal. When you just got betrothed, when you just got married. I, I remember. You know, two people in love. They can hardly leave each other's arms. Watching television. One will be blocking the other. You're not seeing the film where but just okay with you. But after a while, you're watching film and your wife says, you stay one place there. What's happening? The Lord is saying that. You're following after me in the wilderness. Through a land not sown. He says, you followed me. I, I remember that devotion. There's something about uh, the devotion. You know, it's like people get into a ministry like this. And the first, the first, the first time they are hearing the teaching of God's word, they are like, oh God, I can hardly get enough. Oh, well, let's write. Let's document. I want to learn. And after a while, say, we'll get the message through WhatsApp. What's happening? You're moving from that place. You see, if you don't sustain your first love for the things of God, you can lose them. Write that down. Put it in your manual. If I don't sustain my first love for the things of God, I can lose it. And that has to, that has to, be a personal responsibility. It has to be a personal responsibility to do what? To maintain your first love. Let me tell you what. Don't get familiar with the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Maintain your innocence and your craving for God's word. Don't get too familiar with your pastor. You know, sometimes you can get too familiar with your pastor. You want what another pastor is teaching. That's hotter. <laughs> Glory to God. And that's why every minister of the gospel, I always encourage them, if there's one thing a minister of the gospel must learn and develop for them to last long in ministry, is to understand faithfulness. 
Because what faithfulness does is that it makes you stand in your place of assignment. You know what Paul told Timothy? He says, preach the word in season and out of season. Why did he say in season and out of season? Because there are times you'll be preaching the word and you're like, whoa, this is the season. People are hungry. There are times you'll preach the word, it looks like nobody wants to listen to you. But what's your responsibility? You keep preaching the word. Praise God. Come and I said, praise God. So he says, I, I, I want to talk to you about your devotion of your youth. Now, go with me to Matthew chapter 24 and verse 12. Matthew 24 and verse 12. Go to verse, verse 11 and verse 13. Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. How many false prophets will arise, the Bible says? Many false prophets will arise. And what will be the goal of the false prophets? What are they going to do? They will mislead, they will mislead many. You know, people don't pay attention to this. That people can actually be misled. Praise God. People can be misled. Thank you, Lord. Now look at this. Next verse. Because lawlessness is, go, is increased. Sorry. Because lawlessness is increased, what's going to happen to the love of people? Most people's love will, will, will grow cold. Please pay attention. Don't miss this. Pay attention. Holy Spirit is just teaching me this now. Pay attention to this. In verse 11, many pro, pro, false prophets will lead many people astray. In verse 12, lawlessness will increase and the heart of many will grow cold. Now, when the heart of many grow cold, it will result in the same thing. So, it means that for some people, the, the false prophets will be the one leading them astray. For many people, the lawlessness of the society is, goes, is what's going to cause their hearts to grow cold. You follow that? And that's why sometimes, when you look at our society today, because lawlessness has increased, our standards of morality has decreased. Something, you see, two things will not increase at the same time. If, if lawlessness is increasing, you have to have the responsibility of making sure that the fire of your heart doesn't go cold. There will be many reasons why people don't, don't step up to church today. There will be many reasons why people don't have time for the word today. You know, busyness and incessant activity is something we have to watch if we want to be on fire for God. Because these things will, will fight for our time. Glory to God. Now, let's go to Hebrews chapter 2. Thank you, Lord. Verse 13, sorry. Hold your place in Matthew. Let's just finish that. It says, but the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. So there's an endurance there. And that endurance is also the same format of endurance with which the Lord commended the church in Ephesus. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. Look at this. For this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard. Past tense. So that we do not drift away from it. Drifting. Hmm? Gradually drifting. Things begin to reduce. 
things begin to be cut down. Commitments will begin to cut down. Now, go back to Revelation chapter 2. Let's see that now. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 5. 4 and 5. Therefore, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. So look at that word there, first love. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen. Look at that word fallen. The word first love, the word first is the Greek word protos or proton. It means foremost in time, place, order, or importance. First in importance. So what God is dealing with here is not most likely that they are not carrying that, those activities, but those activities is not first. Remember the example of the family we gave, of the husband, the wife, and the child? It, it, it most likely is not that the wife is neglecting the husband totally. It's just that the wife is prioritizing, praise God, the child over the husband. Okay? Now, when the Lord talks to them about their love, the Lord does not say you do not have love. It just says that there was a first love. There was the intensity of the love you had that I want you to return to because it tells them in the next, next verse that you have fallen from that. You have fallen from that. And so the Lord was calling them back to make that adjustment and that is why one of the things I pray all the time in my life is that the Lord will still give me the same passion that I have for Him. You can easily get bored by the things of the Spirit. You can easily get bored by the things of the Spirit. Are you following this? You can easily get bored with teaching. You know, have you heard people sometimes say, every time Greek, every time Greek, every time Greek, every time Greek. Is it Greek that we are talking about? We are talking power. <laughs> you can get bored. Are you following this? Yeah, because that's a bit more dramatic. That doesn't mean power is not available. Yeah, did I read the testimony on Sunday? Or when did I read the testimony of a, a lady who reached out to us and said she, um, she downloaded, she's been having troubles in her marriage for six years. And she downloaded some of her messages on the Wisdom for Living series. She listened to them. And now she's got peace in her home. How many of you know that's the power of God at work? Praise God. That's the power of God at work. And, and probably if you, if you were here, most of you were here, if you were here listening to that wisdom, uh, wisdom, what? Wisdom for living series. <laughs> You, would, you, would you think that the Wisdom for Living series have the capacity to bring peace to a six-year troubled marriage? It wouldn't look like it. It wouldn't look like it. Never underestimate the power that's in the Word of God. I'll tell you something. The teaching of God's Word that comes out of us, it can set your life in order. It can get things fixed. And this is, the, this is almost like the third time I'm hearing that, that testimony. I mean, Brother John uh, Usher, who is also a painter, who is not here, that's one of the reasons he joined the church. They've been having crisis, not in his own personal family life, but extended family. There have been so much crisis around the family, brothers not talking to each other, things not... 
And then he listened to two copies of the Wisdom for Living series. And uh, bam, that was it. The wisdom of God was made available. But what I'm saying is that these things can get boring. You know why? You know I've been teaching wisdom for living from the book of Proverbs. I do that every year. If I'm doing wisdom for living next, next year, where do you think I'm going to teach it from? Proverbs. Do you know that we can get into next year and I say, well, we have wisdom for living this month of January. We're looking at Proverbs. I say, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? You're tired. But is he that endures to the end of the month that will be saved. <laughs> Praise God. So he can get boring. And even for a pastor, he can get boring. That's why sometimes you see some pastors say, well, I want to teach you a mystery. This thing is a mystery. This thing. Because reputation gets boring for some pastors. But in Christianity, there is safety in reputation. Paul tells Timothy, teach the same things that you have heard from me. Teach them to faithful men who will be able to teach others. You know what Paul was trying to say? Teach these same things in three generations. A generation is about 40 years. 40 times 3. What, what would that give you? In 120 years. Paul says, teach one thing. The same things you heard from me. He says, teach them for 120 years. How many of you will know or would like to sit in a church where every January for 120 years, pastor is teaching wisdom for living from the same book and from the same verse? Paul says, for me to write the same things to you again is not tedious, but for you it is safe. So, never get tired of reputation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Never, never. Don't, don't always look for something new. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm, I'm believing it will help someone. Some of you have been eating the same food for 30 years. A goosey soup has not changed. Sometimes it's just that sometimes it's too much oil, sometimes it's less oil, but it's still a goosey soup and you're still on it. And, and I know some of you are planning right now to go back. I said, that's a confirmation. <laughs> I was thinking of what I'll eat tonight, but that's a confirmation. Pastor said it from the pulpit. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because your growth and your health is in safety. Sorry, is in reputation. Praise the name of the Lord. You can't come and say, well, I've eaten a bad soup for too long. I've, I've decided to go and, you know, you know, eat something else. Maybe just eat cooked food. Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> you know, uh, we've been eating food too much. Let's even try something. At least all these animals are eating grass. They are not dying. And you just <laughs> and people see you cutting grass. Are you sick? Say, no, I'm tired of food. We want mystery. Okay. All right. So... <laughs> Okay, that's it. <laughs> uh, where was I? Fallen. Okay. Alright. So the word is foremost in time, place, order, and importance. Beginning. I'd like us to, to carefully examine the above and see where our love work and devotion is in terms of priority and importance. Do we give ourselves to the Lord first? On our scale of preference, where can we find our devotion to the Lord and His kingdom? Right? When... Are church meeting clashes with village meetings? Come on now. Which do we choose? Don't answer. But which do we choose? You know, some of you would rather go to the village meeting and not pay a fine of 500 naira and miss church. Or some of you tell yourself, after all, there is next Wednesday. But village meeting is once a year. And if I die now, my brothers that will go and bury me. You won't know who buried you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. When you die, you will have no idea what happened to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
Uh-huh. All those like, oh, they didn't bury my father away. That's why he's chasing everybody. It's because your whole family decided to be running from nothing. It's simple. When Indians die, hmm? what do they do to them? How I like that thing. Ah, I like it. Hey, I'm telling you. You know why I like it? To save my family money for coffin. To save my children stress where they are going to dig me. It will just save everybody in less than two minutes. Everywhere is finished. You are just in one container. And container is maybe like maybe 15 or 100 naira. Everybody is fine. We are, we are okay. A Muslim dies. Come on, what happens? Even if he's the president of the country, he's wrapped in a map, put on the ground. Huh? In one day, a Christian dies. Mortuary, six months. Planning committee, seven months. Wakekeeping special, one month. Overnight wakekeeping service. Service of songs. Choir rendition meetings. Barrier. Huh? Uniform. Befitting barrier. And a one year remembrance. Final barrier. What's the result of that? More deaths. Quarrels and confusion. Fighting and enmity. Prolonged emotional pain. How did we get into burial? <laughs> What's your first devotion to the Lord? Fallen. The word fallen means to drop away. Now I'll tell you sometimes. You know sometimes when I'm teaching like this and we go on those little detours. Most of the time, the Holy Ghost used that to set people free. That's what I realized. Yes, anytime you go into those details and you're like, oh no. And then, somebody comes back and says, well, that was what really helped me. Because you know that when people are listening to you sometimes, the Holy Spirit wants to speak specifically to what? To certain people in certain areas. You have to, while you have your manual, be yielded to the Lord of the church. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright, the word fallen means to drop away. Especially be driven out of one's curse. To, to become inefficient. Okay? That's from your manual. When we take a look at the meaning of fallen, we conclude that this does not happen in a moment or a day. I want you to pay attention to that. It doesn't happen to, in a moment or a day. It begins with a gradual drift. We see one of the definitions of or meaning is becoming inefficient. To become inefficient. Now, the word become means it's a process. Huh? You miss service one day. Then you, mix the, you miss the next day. And then, oh, it's okay. I'll just live stream. And before you know, you just missed it. Praise God. Are you here? And before you know, you used to pray. You miss one day. You used to study. You miss one day. You used to be excited at the teaching of the word. Now, you're too familiar. There's no desire anymore. Hmm? used to be hungry, used to write, used to document. Oh, uh, uh, let me write. And before you know, just strolling. No, no desire to learn. No heart to learn anymore. It doesn't start one day. 
It starts by being getting familiar with the word. Get, getting familiar and just feeling, yeah, I know this. Hmm? That's why sometimes the most difficult people to teach are pastors. You know, I teach pastors a lot. Because as you are teaching, they know the scriptures. They are looking for another scripture to counteract what you are teaching. It takes humility to learn. Praise God. You know, a, a few months ago, there were some fathers of the faith. I, I don't want to mention names, but there were some fathers of the faith who were in a program. And three of them were writing. You know, with paper, with notebook, they were writing. And the thing went all over the social media. See how humble these men are. As big as they are, they are still taking notes. They are still writing. I was amazed. I was amazed, I was shocked, and I was embarrassed. You know the reason why? That should be the normal Christian life. It shouldn't be a sign of humility that another pastor is teaching. And a pastor, no matter how big he is, is writing. It should be basic. Because if when you are teaching... Others are writing, and it is the word of God. When somebody else is teaching the word of God, what should you do? You should write. But you see how that, imp- you know why? It, it, you know why in our generation, it looks so, wow, humility, we don't write. Once you catch small revelation, and they are teaching, you are checking, checking your note. No, that's not what uh, T.D. Jake said. That's not what Jesbeya said. Your head is full, so you are comparing and comparing and contrasting. And making judgments. The heart to learn. While we're talking about that, let's not lose that heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't lose that heart. That's why I'm always big on our church workers here. It doesn't matter what you're working for the Lord. Don't lose your heart of learning. If not, you will at the end of the day become a stumbling block to the work because the word of God is not in your heart. Praise God. Even the fact that I am the senior pastor of this church, I am very deliberate about feeding myself in listening to the ministers that I listen to. I'm deliberate and I'm fed. And part of my own personal wealth, because of all this COVID stuff, but part of my own personal discipline, every year at least I have two conferences where I just go. As what? As a student, I don't go there and register as a pastor. I just go there, sit like every other person, take my notes and write, and I'm fed. I don't go into those places trying to judge what people are. Well, I wouldn't go to a conference if I wasn't sure of what they're going to teach there so in the first place. But when I go there, I'm open to receive. I'm not going there with the mind of trying to check people out. We must always maintain that devotion. Second Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5. 2 Corinthians... 13 and verse 5. Thank you, Lord. I use the God's Word translation there. But the New American Standard says, Test yourself to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Praise God. Or do you not recognize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test? So you can test yourself. The God's word translation says, examine yourself to see whether you're still in the Christian faith. Test yourself. Don't you recognize that your people in whom Jesus Christ lives? Could it be that you're failing the test? So you can actually test yourself. You can go ahead and test yourself. You don't need anyone to test you. You can ask, am I still committed to reading the word? Am I still committed to studying the word? Am I still committed to some of the things we're going to look at? 
Now, I'll read from the manual. The fact that the apostle could ask a question like this indicates that a possible answer is what marks true Christianity. A Christian, of course, is not simply one who joins a Christian church. Nor does adhering to a certain moral standard in your life or the fact that you consistently read the Bible makes you a Christian. A true Christian is someone in whom Christ dwells. Okay? That's your salvation. And the person in whom Christ dwells will have certain inescapable evidence of that fact. Paul is suggesting that we ask ourselves if we have the evidence that Jesus Christ lives in us. You may be asking, how can I know that? The answer is found in several places in scriptures. For instance, scripture speaks of an inner witness. Romans 8 verse 16. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. That is one way you can know. There's an inner testimony. A feeling, a sense within produced by the spirit of God who dwells within that you are part of God's family. One of the first things to begin to check yourself is when the Holy Ghost begins to speak to you on your inside. And say you're neglecting this. You're not walking in love here. Offense is beginning to creep up. Okay? In your heart. And the Holy Spirit begins to speak with you. That inner witness is your first place of test. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Where you begin to feel, I'm not praying enough. See, that feeling, Satan will never tell you you are not praying enough. Praise God. You know, I wanted to, the Lord began to put in my heart to sow something very dear to me, to, to sow it out. So, uh, I showed my wife today, so I was like, I was going to sow this out. Then I said, well, I'm still processing it. I'm still processing it. <laughs> you know, when I said I was still processing it, you know what was going on in my heart? Was it the Lord that really spoke to me to give this thing out? You know, so when I left the house, uh, the Spirit of God said, well, has there been any time the, the, the devil instructed you to sow? <laughs> no, then that's me. You don't need to process it because, you know, when you begin to process it like that, you really don't want to give. And you know why you really don't want to give? It's precious. Joyce Mayer said a story one time ago. She said the Lord told her to give a very beautiful dress she had bought and she really wants to wear out. She's not even worn that dress. Then she took one dress and gave it out. She took another dress and gave it out. And the Holy Ghost kept on her inside. It's that one you should give out. It's that one you should give out. And she realized she has given almost half of her wardrobe out. That thing, she just told herself, instead of me to lose everything and still end up giving this, let me give it out now. What am I saying? The Holy Spirit, those things that God is prompting you on your inside, it's nudging you to remember your first love. Last week, the Lord brought up a scripture in my heart and I felt impressed to meditate on that scripture. Just to spend time reading and meditating on the scripture. So I don't know what happened. I got busy and everything. I, I, I didn't do it. And then got into the, 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 the other week. I haven't done it. And then that thing came up again. On that scripture. Spend time meditating on it. Now this is what happens. That is the Holy Ghost speaking to me about drifting. Now when that happens maybe two or three times. Then the voice of the Spirit will cease. Not cease, but cease in the sense of that instruction might no longer come to you. That's why it is called the first time you miss your prayer schedule, the second time you miss your prayer, there's something. But after a while, it just becomes normal. That prompting is no longer there. So that is that time you have to test yourself. The first line is the Spirit. Go to uh, the next place and let's just wrap up here. Time is gone. So we'll stop here. Scripture speaks also of desires that are born in the heart of a new Christian. 1 Peter 2.2 2. Like newborn babes, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. 
One of the marks of born-again believers is that they have a deep and sudden thirst for the Word of God. A hunger to be fed, to know the truth of God. You see, this inner change will also produce an outward change, which is not at all subjective. We can answer the question, is Jesus Christ in you? By observing our conduct, because the inner change will produce a different attitude toward our behavior. One of the striking things about new Christians is that the invariable begin to manifest a totally different attitude towards things they once thought were appropriate. But I want to end here by talking about this desire. This desire. The desire for the milk of God's word. Don't let it go. The desire just to be excited at the Bible. You know, when I study, I still get excited. I still get fascinated. You know, I was studying something about the church today. And, oh, I studied to a point, I got up from the office, I got up from the shower, like, I love the Word of God. I was reading something about the church, reading, you know, studying the Word of God concerning the church. And the things that God was showing me in the, spirit, in, in the Word of God, that desire, that love should still be there. Reading the Word should not be a burden. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Where you all get up and say, we should do one chapter a day, diligence in the Word, Luke chapter, this is 13 and I've done for today. No, no, no. That's not the heart. That's not the approach. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They said we should pray. We should pray daily. Father, thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for the rain. Thank you for the sun. That the sun did not kill us. Thank you, the rain, Father, in Jesus' name. No, it's not marking a religious activity. It's love from your heart. Remember, the Lord did not say, you have left your first action. He says, you've forgotten what? Your first love. So these things must be love motivated. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. So people who think they are standing firmly should be careful that they do not fall. Lord, help me to honestly examine myself. Thank you that as I do so, I can trust your spirit to show me what is displeasing to you. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's close here because of our time. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask that as we go through this study, that your heart will be open to us. And you establish us in this truth. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Pray. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.